We're talking about the power of true community. The power of true community. Would you turn to the person sitting next to you and just ask them, are you all in? Are you all in? Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Impact. I want to start off by letting you know that community is God's idea. It's God who created community. Somebody say amen. God believes in community so much, he lives in community. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three is a community. Jesus was born to a community, to a family, but not only that, to a community. When Jesus began his ministry, he got 12 guys together and they lived in community. Just think about that. They ate together. They slept in the same places, traveled together for years. For three years they were together. He lived in community because community is God's idea. Somebody say amen. Amen. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall, shall, shall men give unto your bosom. Shall men and women, shall community give unto your bosom. Somebody say amen. The way God provides for you is through community. So every time you give somebody a cold shoulder, you just destroy a possible avenue for God to bless you through. Because God blesses you through community. He blesses you through people. Shall man give unto your bosom. If you want good measure, press down. How many people want good measure, press down, sharing together, running over? It comes through a channel called community. Somebody say amen. So God wants to provide for you. God wants to bless you. So this is going to be a four-part message series. Today we are talking about proximity. Somebody shout proximity. Some people say proximity. I love to put a little eximity there with my African self. It just has a little oomph. Somebody shout proximity. Next week is vulnerability. Somebody say amen. Without vulnerability, our relationships are not deep. Relationships become deeper by vulnerability. And then week three, we're going to talk about boundaries. The stronger the boundaries, the stronger the relationships. With weak boundaries, the relationships are weak as well. Somebody say amen. And then week four, we're going to talk about love. Somebody say love. You know, it's amazing we say this. We say, I love my wife, I love Kit Kat, and I love God. We use the same word for loving God and loving Kit Kat. So on the fourth Sunday, we're going to go deeper. We're going to introduce you to agape love, the unconditional love of God. We're going to talk about love. And some of us in this place are going to fall in love with people again in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Come on. The month of May is going to be exciting here at Impact Church. You can't afford to miss a Sunday. Somebody shout amen. Come on. Can we celebrate God in advance for all that's coming this month in the name of Jesus? So today we're talking about proximity. 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 What is proximity? Of course, it's being near to something or someone or a person. The word proximity, being near. I want to start off by talking about my wife. It was so cool to talk about my wife in the last service because she was sitting right there. Y'all pray for me. I feel like I preach better when my wife is present. (laughs) 
Now, you guys know I love my wife. I just believe that we're living in a generation where God is doing a new thing. Amen? Come on, any dude in this place that loves their wife, wave two hands at me in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout amen. Man, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Some of you are slow with it. Come on, dude, wave your hands real big. I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> but when I first met my wife, I was playing piano at a church. I'd be on a stage like this, and just like you're sitting there, the congregation will be on a lower level. And uh, I'll never forget the first day Michelle Foley walked at CCF in Lowell. I'll never forget that because I hit a wrong note on the piano. Because <laughs> something skipped in here. And uh, she started worshiping God. And the whole time when she was worshiping God and looking up in the sky, I was looking at her. You know you're feeling something when all of a sudden somebody's neck looks so good. And I was looking at her hair and I, I never felt like this before. And I went home, I just kept thinking about her. I couldn't get her out of my mind. The next day, same thing. Next Sunday, same thing. And then I started praying some Pentecostal prayers because I was such a good kid. I said, God, please remove these thoughts out of my head. Love my wife. But then I thought to myself, it's not enough for me to just desire her from afar. It's not enough for me to just appreciate her from afar. I will never know if I have a chance at something else until I go and approach her. I will never know if I have a chance of love and a relationship until I approach her, until I'm in proximity with her. So I mustered some strength and went in the lobby. I'm not a secretive guy, so I asked her for her number in front of her mother, and she said no, and I knew she was the one. <laughs> Somebody say amen. But it wasn't going to be enough for me to just appreciate her from afar. How many people know I had to approach her? I want to lay a foundation for this series here today. Super simple, very simple. Is that proximity provides opportunity. Let me say that again. Proximity provides opportunity. Please say that with me real big. Proximity one more time. Proximity provides. I'll tell you, I'm glad I approached her because a lot of opportunity came. I got the number. I went on a date. I proposed to her. She said yes. We got married. 13 years later, we're married today. She lives at my house. She lives at my house. Somebody say Amen. Proximity provides, shout it out, proximity provides opportunity. Now, here's the tough thing. Many people in this room, including the guy speaking, we become apprehensive to proximity because of what we've experienced growing up. Somebody say amen. If we can be honest, sometimes we are uncomfortable with community. Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall community give unto your bosom. God wants to bless you through community. Community is God's idea. But truth be told, we are so apprehensive when it comes to proximity 
because we've had some experiences. Talk to me, somebody, any, any person who can be honest in this place. So there are four kinds of families in regards to proximity. Number one, there are families where everyone is apart. There's no proximity whatsoever. So the father eats dinner by himself in the bedroom. The mother's in the kitchen and the kids are eating dinner and playing PlayStation in their rooms. There are people in this place, you grew up and there was no proximity in your home. Maybe you grew up in a foster home and there was no proximity. And so truth be told, you don't have a healthy perspective towards proximity. Somebody say amen. And then there are families that were close, but just to themselves, not anybody else. Everybody else was the devil. We just stay together. Don't talk to your cousins. They're crazy. They're wild people. Just, just keep it close. We're just, just us. Just us. And so you had a form of proximity, but a very limited. Talk to me, somebody. And then there are some people in this place, you did have proximity. You had friends, family. You had the parties and people coming over and big families. But how many of you know where there's people, there's also conflict? So though you enjoy proximity, you also have an unhealthy perspective towards proximity because you saw conflict. You saw auntie lose it on Thanksgiving dinner. You saw uncles cussing each other out. It put a bad taste in your mouth. And then there are four families. The four family are families that are connected to large organizations. How many people grew up in the church here? You went to church on Sunday, went to church on Monday, Tuesday back in church, Wednesday choir practice, Thursday the youth, come on Friday, prison ministry, <laughs> Saturday there was the ashes board, and you went back to Sunday to church in the morning, church in the night, come on somebody, and you're churched out. You had church mothers who you didn't even know who they were, and they spanked you. How many people went to a church where everybody was your auntie? <laughs> And so truth be told, you have an unhealthy perspective towards proximity. And God is saying, I want to provide for you. I want to bless you. I want to touch you. Some people in this place, you're praying for a new career, praying for a new job, praying for something new. Maybe the thing you need in this season is not more money, a new career. Maybe what you need is a healthy Christ-centered community. Wow. Maybe the thing you need in your life to address what you're going through is not something new. It's not maybe a new career, more money, more stuff. Maybe what you need in this season of your life is a healthy Christ-centered community. I'm here to tell you there's still healthy churches out here, and I believe you just come into one of them. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. So God spoke to me to tell you today in Jesus' name that he is breaking a cynical spirit in Jesus' name. Let me speak that over you once again. God is breaking a cynical spirit in the name of Jesus. You know, I shouldn't be standing here today. I went through so much in church. I made a vow one day, I'll never pastor a church. I'll never be in church. Them church people are crazy. But I'm standing here today because the church is the body of Christ. 
God healed me from a cynical spirit. I can stand here today. I love people for real because God healed me. I couldn't be a, a good pastor if I didn't love people for real. Come on, God is breaking that cynical spirit in the name of Jesus, and God is doing a new thing in your life. Come on, if you're going to clap, let's do it well. Let's do it for Jesus. God is breaking that cynical spirit in Jesus' name because God has created the community to be healthy and to heal you. Somebody say amen. It's God's idea. Community is God's idea. So let's go a little deeper here. Please write this down. Having a healthy perspective towards proximity is the secret to accessing God's opportunities for your success. Having a healthy perspective towards proximity is the secret towards accessing God's opportunities for your success. Somebody say amen. Number one, proximity provides opportunity for companionship. Proximity provides opportunity for companionship. Somebody say amen. Genesis chapter 2, 18 to 20. Then the Lord said, I see that it is not good for man to be alone. I will make the companion he needs one just right for him. Just think about this. The God who created you said it's not good for you to be alone. It's not good for LJ to be alone. It's not good for Sarah to be alone. It's not good for Katie to be alone. Not good for Melissa to be alone. Not good for Jeremy to be alone. I'll make him a companion. Somebody say amen. Impact, we all have a need for companionship. We all have a need for companionship. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them, I need you. Matter of fact, when we don't have companionship, there's a void that is created on the inside of us. That's why the worst form of punishment to a human being is not even torture. It's solitary confinement. The toughest criminals will break when you put them somewhere in a hole and remove them from people. Solitary confinement. That's why we all love social media. Somebody say amen. Why? Because God put that thing in us. We love companionship. You got to control that thing, but God put it in you. We love social media. We love to see what people are doing. Oh, I could have worn that dress a little differently. That dress would look better on me. That dude got married before me. Crazy dude. We love to be social. Because God put that need in us. Honestly, that's why we love designer clothes. Put it this way. You're not really so much in love with the fabric. But those designer clothes are connected to a personality. Somebody say amen. Well, you love those Yeezys because of what Kanye represents. You guys too quiet in here. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's why you love that Gucci. That Fosachi. I like to call it Fosachi. For such a time as this. <laughs> That's why you love the Prada. It's not just the material that you're in love with. You love the prestige that comes with the association with somebody, with the personality. Because God put a need in us 
to love to be social. Somebody say amen. Do you know that it is said that loneliness is just as lethal as smoking 15 cigarettes per day? Somebody say wow. Say it backwards. Loneliness is just as lethal as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. God put a need in us to be social, to connect with people. Why? And this is why. And one more time. Proximity provides opportunity for companionship. You know why? Because companionship addresses the three most basic needs that every human being has. That's acceptance, affirmation, and affection. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be affirmed. We all want to be loved. Somebody say amen. I said all this to say this. God never created the church to be an institution. God created the church to be a family. Let me say that again. God never created the church to be an institution. God created the church to be a family. Somebody say amen. That's why if you're not serving already, I want to encourage you. This is time to begin to serve. Somebody give me a good amen right here. This is time to join a small group. Because this church has so much to offer than just a Sunday service. Church is a family. And I know you've been hurt before, but I heard God saying, he's breaking a cynical spirit. You're going to love like you've never been hurt before. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because God is doing a new thing. Somebody say amen. Number two, proximity provides opportunity for growth. Proximity provides opportunity for growth. Jay, where you at? Where my dude Jay at? Can we appreciate Jay in the building? Good looking brother, man. Somebody say amen. Now, Jay, come here. Right now, I'm in proximity with Jalen. Somebody say, hey, Jalen. Now, 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 there's something about proximity is that once I'm in proximity with Jay, I can enjoy the warmth of his embrace. But once you come in proximity with someone, not only do you enjoy the warmth of their embrace, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden you can smell their flesh. Now Jay smelled good, he smelled good right now. But, but, but if this brother didn't take a shower for six months, he would not smell right. Somebody say amen. Same case with you. You know why? Because God has designed the flesh to smell. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the flesh smells. So proximity gives you the opportunity for companionship. You feel the warmth of someone's embrace, but all of a sudden, you can smell their flesh. And the problem is this, we love the hug, but we, don't, we can't stand the smell. It's immature and it's unrealistic to want the hug and think that it's not gonna come with some smell. And this is why a lot of people, this is the other side of proximity that people struggle with. Is that proximity is a gift. Companionship is a gift, but you're gonna smell something. Somebody shout hallelujah. You're gonna smell something, you're gonna smell some pride, you're gonna smell some selfishness, you're gonna smell the lying and the cheating. Everybody has something they're dealing with. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Now here's the crazy thing. Once I come in close proximity, I can smell Jay, but he can smell me too. <laughs> I'm your pastor, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you something. A lot of people get let down because they're surprised by what they go through once they come in proximity with people. You've got to expect that something is going to happen. Jay, stay right here. You've got to expect that there's going to be conflict. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. If you expect it, you can forgive someone before they even hurt you. I've got to expect that I'm going to smell something on Jay, and he's got to expect that he's going to smell something on me. Somebody shout hallelujah. Can I say something to you? Pastors are human too, and pastors smell too. That's, kind of, that's not the kind of teaching you heard growing up. You're going to smell something. But here's the good news. Your greatest moments of growth are going to come from conflicts and difficult situations, not just smart information. You don't need another book. You just need to get closer to people. Because your growth is going to come when you manage the conflicts and the issues that you go through. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's why God places you in community. Because you can be at home watching a YouTube video, but you don't learn how to forgive watching a YouTube video. Somebody shout hallelujah. Jay, you can go. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6. Proverbs 27, verse 6. It says, the pains given by a friend are faithful. Just think about that. The pains given by a friend are faithful, but the kisses of one who hates you are false. Listen, a true friend is going to cause some pain once in a while. You know, we live in a generation where we want people to tell us what we want to hear, not what we need to hear. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody's going to tell you something you need to hear. A true friend is going to be honest with you. And the opportunity for growth is going to be found when somebody tells you something you don't want to hear, but you need to hear. Somebody talk to me in this 1230 service. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 17 verse 1. And he said to the disciples, it is impossible. Somebody shout impossible. The Greek word for impossible is impossible. It is impossible that no offenses should come. People are surprised. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe she did that. I can't believe I went there and that happened. Well, you've got to believe it. Because the flesh has been designed to smell. Somebody shout hallelujah. James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Most of your trials are going to come through relationships. Verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The testing of your faith. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. That's why God brings you to a church like this and puts you next to people and you go through something because when he's said and done, it's not about the people. God is after your maturity. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me say this again. God is after your maturity. Get your eyes off people. 
Get your eyes off people. God is trying to mature you. Proximity provides opportunity for growth. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said this before and I want to say it again. Church has been designed to kill you. It's silence up in this place. (laughs) Church has been designed to kill you. Marriage has been designed to kill you. Now, I'm not talking about the death that you're thinking about, but church has been designed to kill your flesh. And marriage has been designed to kill your flesh. That's why I struggled. I've been married 13 years, and I've had the best eight years. Eight, (laughs) help me God. Because the first five were miserable. You know why? Because I was refusing to die to self. And God will bring you to a church like this. The word worship, the first place where the word worship is mentioned in the Bible, there was no music, no drums, no guitars. There was knife, fire, and wood. Because real worship doesn't really happen until something dies. Real worship does not happen until something is sacrificed. Our pride is sacrificed. And so God will bring you into a church like this because he wants to mature you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because you're going to smell something. When our kids were younger, we'd be playing out in the park. We're just playing. We're having fun. And... But as soon as we would go into the car, into the van, or into the house, my wife has, has, has a p- perfect smell. She always smells something. Sense of smell. There we go. She'd always smell someone. She'd always say, somebody is smelling. We, we got four kids. Some, something's smelling around here. Now, just imagine when we're out there in the park playing, she, she, she wouldn't smell anything until we're in proximity. She'd smell something. She'll say, somebody spent, did someone have an accident in their diaper? Come on, mothers. Did somebody tutu in their diaper? And she would do something called the smell test. And she would always start with the baby. Naya, come over here. Now she's running around. No, I don't want you to smell my behind. We're like, guilty. <laughs> she's the one. We would grab her, put her down. And my, my wife, she's such an awesome mother. I mean, she would stick her face in there. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she's like, hmm, stick her face again? Surprisingly, it's not Naya. All of a sudden, all eyes are on Josh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Josh, it better not be you. Better not be the dude. Come on. Better not be one more. So Josh, you come over here. He's like, no, no. We're like, Guilty. Bring Josh, hold him down. <laughs> She'll stick her face in there. She's like, stick her face again? Mm. It's, it's not Joshy. All of a sudden, all eyes on Sarah. And I'm thinking, oh my God, it better not be Sarah. Of course, Sarah would walk with an attitude and just. <laughs> my wife would bend down, stick her face in there. Hmm, it's not Sarah. All of a sudden, all eyes on Zenzo, and I'm thinking, better not be Zenzo. You got my name, dude. <laughs> You're the firstborn in this place. Of course, you'd show up with an attitude. It's just like, she'd stick her face in there, and Zenzo would check out. I kid you not. This woman that God gave me, after all the kids would check out, 
her face would go and look right at me. You better not be looking at me right now. You're not sniffing my African self. You better be out of your mind. Seriously, she would look at me. I'm thinking the nerve and then all the kids are looking at me. The devil is a liar and his mother-in-law. And I say, no, not smelling my African self. Not happening. That's disrespect. And then I would think to myself, these little kids, they go to school and they tell their teachers everything. You should hear the stuff these kids tell their teachers about me. So I'm thinking, I'm going to volunteer myself to be sniffed just to clear myself of, of any speculations. So I'd go there with my African self and stand, and of course I'd be cleared out. And then we'd all look at my wife. It's your turn now. And she would say, no, no one is smelling me. Nope, that's not going to. She would refuse, and we wouldn't smell her. But then all of a sudden, we'd realize somebody stepped on some dog something, and that's what the smell is. Impact, here's what I'm saying. When we'd be out there in the park, we wouldn't smell anything. But the moment we came into close proximity, all of a sudden, you could smell something. The Bible says, let God be God, let all men be liars. The flesh will smell, but God will bring it towards people into a community like this because God is trying to grow you. Somebody say amen. God is trying to grow you. Here's what's crazy. Many times you can smell other people, but you can't smell yourself because you're acclimated to your smell. I jumped in an Uber the other day, and when I jumped in, I reacted because the smell was strong. I said, ooh. And the guy said, everything okay? I said, yo, brother, the smoke in here, brother. He said, no, it smells in here. I spray it. I don't smell nothing. And I'm thinking, you don't smell nothing because you're the one smoking. And it's easy for most of us to smell other people. But there's something on you too. Welcome to Impact Church. You're going to get hurt here. But it's through those pain, painful situations that God is going to grow you. And God told me to tell someone in this place, and I want to say it very gently, with love, it's time to grow up. Yes. Hallelujah. It's time to grow up. Jesus has forgiven you. Your brother is going to smell. You're going to smell too. You need to forgive them because they need to forgive you as well. None of us in this, in this place are perfect. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is the community that we're building. That we're going to come together, reason together, love one another, and work through everything that God desires to do in us. Somebody shout hallelujah. Here we go. Number three. Proximity provides opportunity for accountability. Proximity provides opportunity for accountability. Proverbs 11 verse 14. Where there's no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Somebody say safety. There's preservation. God wants to preserve you through the church. God wants to preserve you through the body of Christ. By yourself, you're going to live 
a very unbalanced life. You're going to have a limited perspective towards life. There's something powerful about synergy. There's something powerful about synergy. There's something powerful about unity. There's something powerful about partnership. And God has brought you here. It's not going to be easy. But God is trying to add some value in you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Please write this down. Accountability feels like an attack if you're not willing to acknowledge your mistakes. Accountability feels like an attack if you're not willing to acknowledge your mistakes. Please write this also. Accountability feels like an attack if you're not mature enough to desire wisdom over feelings. Accountability feels like an attack if you're not mature enough to desire wisdom over feelings. Somebody shout hallelujah. Please stand if you can. Thank you, Jesus. I sense a shift in this room. I sense a shift in this room. Impact, let me tell you something. 1% of a cynical spirit is cynicism. 5% of a cynical spirit is cynicism. 50% is cynicism. And I hear God saying there are people in this place, you've become cynical. God is trying to provide to you. He's trying to provide for you. God is trying to bless you. He's trying to get to you. But you've become cynical because of what you've gone through in your life. I told you, I went through this season in my life where I saw people as I grew up in church, I saw people hurt my father, hurt my mother. I saw some crazy things happen in church. And the truth is, there's always two sides to the story. People know that. And I made a vow, I'll never be a pastor in the church. I'll never be in the house of God. You're looking at a man who has been healed from a cynical spirit. I love people for real. Somebody shout hallelujah. The greatest gift that God has given humanity is humanity. Here's what I hear God saying. As you learn to trust again, as you learn to love again, everything is going to shift in your life in the name of Jesus. Some of you, your businesses are going to grow in Jesus' name because you're going to become a better CEO, a better manager as you believe in people again. Your level of partnership is going to increase and upgrade as you learn to trust people again. I hear God saying he's restoring relationships and families. God is doing a new thing. I feel the presence of God in this place. I hear God saying, you're going to love like you've never been hurt before. I hear God saying, you're going to trust like you've never been hurt before. You're going to trust like you've never been let down before because God is doing a surgery in your heart. And I hear God telling me to tell someone that pain that you feel is not a knife to kill you. It's a knife in Jesus' hands because he's doing surgery on you. You're going to be better in Jesus' name. You're going to be healed in Jesus' name. 
Come on, things are going to get better in the name of Jesus. It's time to trust again in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's time to trust again. It's time to believe again. It's time to trust again. Come on, it's time to love again. God is doing a new thing in you. Come on, God wants to bless you and provide for you through people. Many times people ask me, hey man, Pastor Zenzo, it's so fun to work under your leadership. You don't micromanage. You, you let us do stuff and you let, you let us go, you encourage us and then you, you tell us where to tweak but it, it's fun working with you, you don't, you don't micromanage. Well, the reason I don't micromanage is I trust people. I believe this church is growing because we trust people. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, your business is about to grow again in Jesus' name as you learn to trust people. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. How many people want good measure? Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. I'm going to preach like a Pentecostal preacher in the next two minutes. How many people want good measure in this place in the name of Jesus? How many people want running over? Can I preach like a Baptist preacher in this place? How many people want shaken together? How many people? We want all that. The missing piece shall men shall community shall people every time you cut somebody away from your life you just destroyed a possible avenue for God to bless you and that's exactly where the enemy wants you to be but God is restoring you today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus if that's you if there's 1% of cynicism in you and you know the enemy has you gripped. You want to break out of that thing today in Jesus' name. There's no shame. I'm going to count one, two, three. I want you to run to the altar. God told me he's breaking the cynical spirit in the name of Jesus. For some of you single people, as soon as this thing is broken off of you, you're going to find a spouse in Jesus' name. The problem is you don't trust anybody. God is doing a new work in Jesus' name. Come on. One, two, three. If that's you, run to the altar. Run to the altar. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. in this place. 